0: 40K Stat Center, with your hosts, Val Heffelfinger, Heffelfinger. and the Falcon.
1: From a different solar system, many, many galaxies away, we take you to the Renegade Open.
3: And then, can Space Marines hit for the cycle yet again at the Element Games Grand
1: Slam? We learn that even Western Australia knows how to warhammer at the Western Australia Masters.
3: And Hong Kong holds its ground for another weekend, so we can bring you the results from the FA
1: Cup. And then we hit you quick with the winners from the Kent Winter GT and the Fresno Smackdown.
3: It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of chapter approved. It was the season of space marines. It was the spring of hope and psychic awakening. It was the winter of despair and space marines. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to the Emperor's light. We were all going direct to the warp. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or for evil in the superlative degree of comparison only.
1: Well, that's a pretty deep cut there, Falcon. I'm sure there's some deep-seated metaphor in there about the current game state or something, uh, but our primary listening base is essentially only frat boys and early aughts Will feral fans. Really, just a single circle if it was a Venn diagram, so we gotta cut that out before we lose listenership. Now, let's get back to the air horns and making fart noises with our mouths because we have a show to do and some far too serious people to infuriate, so if you like us, hit that like button. If you hate us, also hit that like button. Subscribe to us on Podbean, SuperPod64, iPod, Reese's A-Track, whatever you do, just do it for love and for us, mostly for us.
3: That's right, all. We're on to episode 24 of your favorite 40K player's favorite podcast. And it's here with all the hot takes and bad breaks we can deliver. We have five events to cover yet again from all across this beautiful world, and we're going to do it with the style and panache that only two Canadian boys with great hopes and beautiful dreams can deliver.
1: You're going to hear some quality reporting on Renegades, Rebels, and Rejects in just a quick minute, but before you do, let's take a moment to speak about our best bros here on the Frontline Gaming Network. This week on Chapter Tactics, myself, Brandon, and Pablo were joined by the statue of David himself, Stephen Box to go over the importance of health and nutrition and tournament preparation in a special Patreon episode that finally went live to the general public, so you can check that out.
3: We'll pretend we didn't listen because we hate him, even though we 100% did because we secretly love him.
1: Eh, Diggs is all right, I guess. And on signals from the front line, Pablo and Reese gave us the goods on Blood Angels previews, some painting commissions, and something-something top 10 on the hobby track.
3: So now, pull over, open BCP and 40kstats.com, and follow along as we take you for a ride on a purple airplane.
0: Tournament news is made possible by bestcoastpairings.com download the bcpto app to organize events for just about any tabletop game system download the player app to easily find and participate in events from around the world around the world subscribe to bcp for as little as five dollars a month to support the team and unlock additional features available for ios and android bestcoastpairings.com competitive events easier
3: Let's start everything off with a trip to Minneapolis, Minnesota, the cooler, more experimental of the Twin Cities. Sure, they may look the same, and they may sound the same, but St. Paul is boring and a garbage human being when compared to just how awesome Minneapolis is. Minneapolis isn't afraid to go to the liquor store for the high school kids under the bleachers at the game, but you know it's a little better and just gets some of the soft stuff. Minneapolis vapes and makes it look so good. Minneapolis once gave all its tips to a local children's charity. St. Paul hates dogs.
1: Uff, duh. you betcha, Falcon. And that's just where the Renegade Open took place this year, don't you know? As it has for the last seven there, eh? This time, 72 players sashayed their way into the Crown Plaza Hotel. And the Crown Plaza? What is this, mm-hmm. Home Alone 2?
3: It is what it is.
1: In a bid for the most glory one can achieve in Minnesota outside of being the quarterback for the Vikings.
3: This year, in a change of pace from last season, Renegade moved to standard ITC missions, dropping both their own mission set they had used in previous years and the Nova missions they had originally indicated they would be using. Further cementing our strongly held and entirely unsupported belief that Nova is weird and only Mike Brandt likes it, but everyone is afraid to tell him. Prove us wrong. Here are TOs Dave Behave Aramond and Ben Cool Ranch Cherwin for your listening pleasure.
4: Hi, I'm uh, Ben Chirwin. I'm the head, head judge for 40K here at Renegade Open. And standing next to me is...
5: David Armand, and uh, I'm the head administrator and uh, grand vizier for the Renegade Open. So this is our
4: seventh year? Yeah, this is seventh year seven for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal third year uh, running the event. And then this year went really, really smooth. You know, very few bumps. We had to start a little bit late because there was a little bit of confusion between the packet and all that jazz and uh, start time on the website. Uh, but that's okay. That's, that stuff happens. Um, Beer Hammer being the night before also made a couple people late. Uh, Beer Hammer's a great time getting drunk, play more Hammer, but yeah. uh, not conducive for starting on time for the GT.
5: We also do... Uh special fundraising for Toys for Tots. One of the things that our event was founded on was charity fundraising, uh, and we enjoy having the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve uh, send their special representatives for the Toys for Tots charity every year, uh, and we always donate a few thousand dollars. This year, I just got the tally from our register, uh, and we're donating approximately $3,100 to Toys for Tots this year, just in cash. Uh, with uh, several hundred dollars more on top of that in
6: toys
4: uh, the meta is not shocking to me Okay, I, I play 40k pretty competitively and iron hands are just all over the place now. It might not show up that way like But uh, a good portion of them are going to be in the top and you know That's a that's a little bit too bad, but I would like to see a more diverse meta, but uh, Space Marines being up there is fantastic. Chaos Knights being on the top table was awesome to see
1: As a member of the Lord Marshalls Conference, Renegade was streamed live via Twitch at Lord Marshall TV with a number of special guest hosts, including the likes of Adam Camilleri from Down Under Pairings, Pablo the Lime in our Coconut Martinez, and the Latin Gandalf himself, Adam Solis. We recommend you check out at least a couple of the games online, as there is much to be learned, particularly when it comes to how to throw a game in three easy steps.
3: After five rounds of play, three players would be left undefeated. Scott, Red Rocket, Red Rocket Pocket, and his Chaos Nates would take on Ryan, it's the motion in the ocean, Olsen, and his, the uh, gasp, iron hands, while Michael Shy Guy, Scheitinger, I think I said that correctly, hard yeah. to tell, would have the unfortunate distinction of having to pare down into Aaron the Red Baron Along. We'll let you in on a little secret by saying that the Red Baron downed yet another one of his targets, knocking Michael out of the running early and leaving it all to Scott and Ryan to determine who would exactly leave the hotel as the Alpha Silverback of 2019. Let's take a quick look at their lists and let the guys speak to their performances throughout the event.
1: Now, Pete, uh, I suspect this is going to be one of those situations where maybe you just want to you know, stereotype the list rather than read out every line item.
3: Yeah, sure. So, uh, Scott Pocket ran a pure Chaos Knights list, a mono faction, as it were. He had a Castigator, a despoiler, sorry, two despoilers and a Rampager, and a couple of those uh, nice Moirax uh, war dogs, one with lightning locks and one with Graviton pulsers. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, he loves his his big robots, and he's trying for best in faction for Renegade Knights or Chaos Knights, as they're now called. Um, so, pretty Pretty st- I wouldn't say it's a pretty stock standard list because not a lot of people are going the mono-faction route with them, um, but it puts out a lot of damage real quick, so you got to drop them fast. Um, and Ryan, he's running kind of your, I would say, I wouldn't call it standard per se, but pretty close to standard uh, Iron Hands, Brigade, a uh, bunch of Intercessors, uh, a few Invictors, where you might see one or two. He's running all three, a couple yep. character Dreadnoughts, suppressors in the fast attack slot rather than the land speeders mm. and then thunderfires and grabs uh grav uh devastators
1: okay so some, some uh some nice wrinkles in there although yeah come on you gotta go land speeders come on i mean they're the cool come on it's a flying. they are pretty cool it's a flying but, boot also i think anytime we refer to scott we have to say scott pocket
3: okay well you can
1: well, you know, he's a he's a real uh, Scott Hot Pocket Pocket. Scott I like it. Hot Pocket. Anywho, why don't we kick it over to Scott? Hot pocket.
6: Uh my list is six nights because I'm a simple man and I wanted to <laughs> keep getting the uh points for being just gas nights. Uh it is all about shooting and the rampager. Uh, skewing their ability to deploy and, in theory, taking out Smash Captains, which he did not do in my last game. (laughs) Uh, My MVP at the event this time was, uh, it's hard to say, Um, probably the uh, the spoiler of the Avenger and Thermal. He just, uh, people ignored him a little much because they respected the Thermal, Thermal more. And he just did a solid, complete job the whole time is probably a runner-up, but he was a little inconsistent. Uh, the hardest matchup wasn't actually the last one I lost. It was the uh, Centurions matchup beforehand. Um, I didn't uh, really deserve to win that one. He uh, failed a couple charges, and then I was able to clean up the Centurions after that. But uh, I, if he didn't fail those charges, I can't win that game.
7: My list, key strategies and components. It's hyper MSU, every unit can play unsupported. You don't need reroll bubbles or anything like that, since you have all the crazy Iron Hand rerolls with Artisans and all heavy weapons. Um, It's really that, keeping the characters alive beyond that to do the work when they need to. They were key in a couple of the matchups. The character Dread especially is just so consistent. Um, Either him or the Smash Captain, probably the MVP. The Smash Captain definitely in this last game, he, he won me the game by killing two Knights in one swing each time. That, that was that. So I think he has to take MVP for the, game, for the tournament.
1: Ryan and Scott's matchup would look to be Scott's to lose after the top of turn one. Scott shoved his Knight up the board rather aggressively and immediately took down all three of Ryan's and Victor warsuits, removing a large chunk of Ryan's firepower. That combined with the dropping of a number of troops led the Shoutcasters to believe the game was already over. But that was not to be... Scott's aggressive first turn left two of his main knights exposed, and both would die to Ryan's return fire, one falling to a unit of grav devastators in drop pod, and the other to the combined fire of the rest of Ryan's army. In Scott's second turn, he continued to play relatively aggressively and positioned himself for the killing blow, only to focus fire on what may have been the wrong targets and picking up a librarian and some suppressors, rather than clearing his way to the always-dangerous smash captain that was on the verge of being exposed leaving himself poorly positioned for when Ryan's lieutenant and the same Smash Captain charged out of their protective bubbles to take down a war dog and another large knight in the process. Sitting now in just two models with four rounds to go, the game went to one of cat and mouse, with Ryan consistently holding more objectives and scoring, while Scott hugged a drop pod for dear life and prayed Ryan would make a mistake.
3: In the end, Ryan would come out on top in what was his first actual event with these power-armored phenoms. Let's cut to what Ryan has to say about the current state of Space Marines and where he thinks it's gonna go from here.
7: And then playing in Space Marines in competitive settings, uh, the decks is crazy good. I broke it out for this tournament after playing against it and losing to it in the last tournament I went to. Um, I'd been playing Eldar Flyers vehicle spam before. So I wanted to try something different and it was every bit as strong as promised. I think it's gonna keep dominating for the foreseeable future in the hands of good players and uh, we'll go from there and see what happens with Chapter Approved and everything going into LBO.
1: Thanks, guys, and congrats to Ryan on the win. Iron Hands really needed the stats boost. Can we get that bump?
2: Tournament news. Skari here from Scardcast, and you are listening to Stats Center.
1: And Space Marines up to the plate. We've got Space Marines on first, Space Marines on second, and Space Marines on third. Out on the mound, it's looking like Space Marines are starting to get a little weary out there. 3-2 count, and the bases are loaded. Space Marines have been pressing hard all day. Will the Space Marines be able to hold them off? Space Marines look over to first. Space Marines scrambles back to the bag. This is a tense one, folks. Space Marines shakes off the sign, doesn't like that pitch, a nod. Space Marines with the wind-up and pitch. Fastball right down the middle, and Space Marines hit deep center field. Space Marines running back deep to the warning track, and it's out of here, folks. It's Space Marines at the Element Games Grand Slam.
3: Um, I'm pretty sure they didn't mean that kind of Grand Slam, Val, but yes, it was the tournament that became a meme with even filthy casuals, stopping to take notice of the ridiculous-looking standings going into round five. In the end, Space Marines took seven of the top ten placings, including all of the top six. The event, a five-round, 75-person GT, held in the Element Games Northwest Gaming Center, attracted some of the best players from across the UK ITC Top 150, including players like Manny the Manimal Chima, Stephen Cleanit Jerkit Box, and Bethany Didn't Get the Marine Memo Taylor, all placed within that top ten. Here's air marshal and player referee Tony Chu with the skinny on the event.
8: Uh, the 40k scene at the moment in the UK, I would say, is uh, is really popular, probably the strongest it's been for a while. Um, I think even the arrival of the crazy space marine rules has made um, the game even more popular because everybody's got that closet army of space marines. Uh, it's really interesting to see the cool combos and interesting armies that people have been coming up, either to play against that or to use as part of that really cool stuff. Um, so... I think 40k is probably the strongest it's ever been. We're really looking forward to the rest of the Phoenix Rising books and we'll see what other treats Games Workshop has got out for us. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Tony Chu here. Um, I was one of the player refs at the Caledonian... um Events elegant games, grand slam at the weekend um we had um seventy six players in the end, real mixture of armies that reflects the meta at the moment um to, uh, over twenty marine players in the end, which was a real mixture of raven guard, white scars uh, iron hands and the eventual winners, imperial fists um as well as the you know, i 'd say the usual suspect in the background, but definitely you could see a lot of the big players had switched over to um the marines and the new new hotness um, and on top of that you had um a big big number of attendees for what I'd say is a a real swell of support for ITC events in the UK because it's it's a fun rules pack people really enjoying playing it.
1: After an impossibly grueling five rounds and so completely spent that they could not even imagine playing a sixth game two contestants remained undefeated Tim Iron Smith and the legendary Magic Mike Porter. Let's have a look at what Tim brought to the party.
3: Hey Val. Have you ever seen John Lennon's list that he took to um, SoCal Open and, uh, you know, a number of other events recently? Uh,
1: I can imagine I have.
3: Well, it's that list. Um, and Tim is very open about it. He straight up copied John Lennon point for point because the list works and uh, he loves it. And so it's it's gotta... been,
1: And it's been extensively explained on Art of War as well.
3: Yeah, on Art of War, on a number of podcasts, (laughs) uh, Biff Pod, Like, it's all out there. So, you know, kudos to him for for not trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, He'll go into great detail. But, yeah, he's got a Slaplin on a bike. He's got a Slaplin with a jump pack. He's got a bunch of scouts. He's got a Smash Captain, a couple Thunderfires, 10 Assault Centurions, and then some uh, Iron Hands uh, shenanigans with with, uh, Eliminators and a Chaplain Dread and uh, another character Dread. That's really all there is to it.
1: That uh, sounds like a lot of character uh, shenanigans. While we kick get over uh, to Tim and find out how he did with it.
2: I didn't really take any particular approach to list building because I didn't build the list. Um, I stole it from John Lennon. Uh, It's his SoCal list. Uh, I I do like his play style, uh, and I've uh, stolen previous lists of his in the past uh, for tournaments. Uh, I was able to listen to the podcasts, Uh, from himself and from other people um, Using this list and similar uh, and just applied some of those tactics One of the big mistakes I made though was uh, during list submission Uh, We had to list all the warlord traits and extra stratagems, etc And I did take master of snares on the captain uh, Which uh, I didn't use once during the tournament Uh, Should have taken the extra d3 attacks Uh, MVP unit for the tournament was definitely the Mortis Dreadnought in the Iron Hand Successor detachment. Um, It did manage to do 21 damage in the opening salvo in one of my games to a Shadow Sword. Um, And it only died in one game. And that was the first game um, due to a misplacement. Going into round five, uh, I was on table two playing against Ben Jones with his pure Imperial Fists with Intercessors, Devastator Centurions, uh, and a load of artillery. Uh, The game didn't start particularly well. I ended up going second and uh, mispicked my secondaries. Uh, I should have taken Gangbuster and instead took Old School. It really was just uh, three turns of uh, Mm -hmm. Thunderfire cannons, Whirlwinds, uh, and Stalker bolt rifles uh, picking me apart. Uh, The game uh, turned on turn three, when I managed to get a captain, two chaplains and an outflanking unit of centurions into his lines. Um, it, it was a great game. Uh, managed to drain him of his CP uh, for, for the first three turns. Uh, and then saved mine for turn three onwards. Uh, big shout out to Tim King for running such a tight event. Uh, he always puts on a, a good show. has uh, been doing this for years now. Uh, and I'd recommend any event that he's running at Element Games. Um, even with, with the technical issues experienced from a tabletop TO, uh, you honestly wouldn't have known uh, it ran that smooth. So yeah, big shout out. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh listen to all the episodes. And uh, yeah, I always wanted to appear on the show. So life goal achieved. They once said
3: that Mike Porter came to a fork in the road and went straight, and this event was no different. Let's see what this glorious example of the glorious, still kind of European meta brought with him to the party. Are you ready for this, Val? Oh, I'm bracing myself. He brought as many intercessors as you can fit into a list and still be competitive. And that's just about it. He ran 60 Intercessors. Uh, I believe they all had Stalker bolt rifles because um, that's really good with Imperial Fists. And he ran a squad of five Centurion Devastators because they're really good with Imperial Fists, especially with that Siege Breaker cohort, mm-hmm. and a couple Thunderfire cannons. And that's really about it. I think he tossed in three Eliminators and a couple characters for support. But it's really the whole list is centered around a whole lot of intercessors, and that five-man Centurion Devastator squad.
1: How many? Uh, hey, hey, Fluff Bunny. How many uh, Space Marines in a company?
3: In a, in a I don't know eleven.
1: <laughs> I think it's more than eleven. But yeah. <laughs> what? What in do the, you mean? In the in the lore in the lore, it probably is something dumb like one guy. But um, you know, all right, it's, a, it's
3: uh, in a, like a full company. Yeah. Like at like a hundred probably
1: yeah, that would make sense because there's ten of them and stuff okay cool like so 10, he's damn I'm, I'm just thinking like uh I'm, yeah, I'm just, he, he, bought,
3: he <laughs> bought almost the full company like he's yeah. got actually I, I lied he did he does have 50 intercessors because he brought five infiltrators um so 50 intercessors five infiltrators five he's got 63 yeah, he's got 63 plus characters, 65 66 does he have pharaohs? 67. Uh, he does not, because he's running Imperial fists. This list oh. is all about like as much daca as you can get um, in small bodies.
1: I uh, misheard the beginning. Okay, well,
3: I, I apologize, but yes, he's running the majority of a company of uh, <sighs> Imperial fists.
1: Well, you know, enough
3: to take an entire solar system
1: easily, easily, well, like yeah. before
9: lunch for the Lord. Yeah.
1: All right, so let's hang it over to Mr. I should have. Uh, yeah, let's send it over to Mr. Mike Porter.
9: Hello. So, was there anything special about my list build? Well, it was Space Marines, so that's not very special. However, I suppose um, I I didn't go for an Alpha or Beta strike list, um, so I wasn't planes going and killing everybody, and I wasn't Centurions dropping down, turn two, killing everybody. Um, So the the 50 Primaris dudes um, and my devastated Centurions, I knew they could take a hit from another Alpha strike list, so no matter what I was playing against, I was going to be in a game at least, after the first turn um, and I'd, I'd be able to play it out. So that was that was kind of different to most of the space win lists I've been seeing around. Um, my MVP was most definitely the chaplain, hands down. Um, I took the litany where he let me consolidate and pile in six inches um, and that just made such a difference. So I could tie down gun lines, wrap units, score secondaries, just gave me a lot of flexibility um and for a very few point unit uh, he was definitely uh definitely the star of the show. Yeah, so my final game was surprise surprise against another space marine list. Uh very, very similar matchup to mine. He had the massive advantage that he had more artillery than me. He also had a banner. Um I had more Primaris Marines but I was I was worried, I was looking at the list and thinking there's no chance I've got here really unless unless I get really lucky. Um, however, even though I was going second, there was just a little tiny bit of that banner guy's um, model sticking up above terrain. So my primary psychers were able to pop up, shoot him, kill him turn one. Um, and then that enabled me to kind of win the grinding mission. The, the fact that my primary marines had Thunderhammers, they were able to move up um and really kind of quite easily kill all of his Primaris Marines. Um so yeah so I managed to manage to get that one. Uh, Nick played a really good game, he had terrible dice at quite a few stages. Massive shout out to Tim King and fellow world champion Tony Chu for running a typically great event. Um they as always the rules were absolutely watertight. Everybody was clear on them. Um, and everything, all the, the effort that they put in uh, was, is, is very much appreciated. Also, for you guys, for doing what you do, I uh, love listening to the show. Uh, keep it up, and thanks very much. Take care, bye.
1: And there you have it, folks. When it comes to 40K, Mike Porter is never out of his element. Power Gaming, my out
10: but oh, uh, Power Gaming But oh, look at my list, it's so late Power Gaming cheeks. Power Gaming cheeks. What are you going to do? I'm so fucking awesome, cause of my list.
2: He's right there.
6: Power, 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 power Gaming But oh.
1: Oh, wow, that was an abrupt transition, but now it's time to have some paint and go once again to that Mad Max-looking place. Fresno, California. No, not Fresno.
3: Yes, Fresno. Frenzo Smackdown. It was this week. 31-player ITC GT. We initially missed it because, uh, you know, it's in Fresno.
1: I mean, you're not wrong, but.
3: And where else in the world would you find such an apocalyptic wasteland anyway? California is literally permanently on fire.
1: Well, I was going for Australia.
3: Oh, come on. Listen, we do the Australia is a wasteland bit literally every week. It's getting old.
1: That's true. Surely,
3: I mean, sure, they only have 3.3 people per square kilometer of space.
1: In the populated areas.
3: Raging fires of their own. And hordes of spiders that parachute across their countrysides. But you do realize that Australia's average personal wealth is the largest in the world and it has the third highest life expectancy? That plus an extraordinary GDP put it third behind Norway and Switzerland in the UN's Human Development Index. It's a wonder of the modern world, Val.
1: I thought it was just the Sydney Opera House, and and this is tremendously embarrassing. How do you explain all the bozos that we deal with from uh, over there, then? I think they call them uh, bogans.
3: (laughs) I mean, uh, listen, they are also all descendants of pirates and sheep thieves. Um, They also happen to play miniature war games, Mm -hmm. so, of course, they're probably a little bit off. Tremendously off. Plus, there is that whole flying spiders thing I brought up. That's that's a that's a big cause for all kinds of
1: mental issues. I can't tell you like learning that they have the longest life expectancy and the most venomous poisonous animals on the planet. I mean, that's that's an impre- that's an impressive statistic.
3: And two thirds of their people are um, diagnosed as obese. It's one of the worst <laughs> in the yeah. It's one of the worst in all developed countries. Yet somehow they live through it all
1: amazing anyway this weekend objective secured which is in western australia hosted of course the fifth annual western australia masters part of australia's national master series of events because they do a lot of national events it's super cool um 61 players duked it out over six rounds using a combination of eternal war and maelstrom missions much like those used in the etc and uh, played with a score differential assigned at the end. While the event does put a large emphasis on all aspects of play, including endpoints for sportsmanship and painting, we'll be focused mainly on the best general, as is our try-hard way of things. To give a more well-rounded perspective of the event, why don't we turn it over to two Warhammer heroes. That's right, certified Warhammer heroes from the Southern Hemisphere, the team at Objective Secured.
11: Hi everyone, Mike and Emma here from Objective Secured all the way over in Western Australia and we're fresh off the back of our fifth annual WA Objective Secured Masters which is uh, the very first ITC majors that has um, been run here in WA. So we had 66 players who were initially registered to play in the event. Unfortunately two people were unable to attend so we had 64 people start day one and due to injuries, illnesses, and unforeseeable circumstances, 60 players ended up finishing the event.
5: In terms of armies that we saw rock up to the event, we had about 20% of the field running Codex Space Marines and another 25% between uh, Codex uh, Eldari in all its versions and Codex Tau. The remainder of the field was comprised primarily of um, Xenos with some Heretic Astartes. We didn't have a couple of the Codexes show up. We had no Grey Knights, no Space Wolves, and uh, No Sisters of Battle alongside No Inquisition and No Sisters of Silence. But we did have pretty much everyone else featured at the event.
11: So this was our fifth annual Masters event and we actually started Objective Secured by running our very first Masters all the way back in 2015. And I think we were inspired to start the Masters, well all of Objective Secured really, because there was a real gap in the market. There was no, um, there weren't very many events that were being offered here in WA and there were a whole heap of guys sitting in our backyard uh, kind of whinging and moaning about the fact that there weren't any events. So it was a put your money where your mouth is. If we want an event, let's, let's organize one. So that's what we did. And at the time in WA, you were getting between 15 to 25 players coming to our events. And our very first Masters, we had over 60 been around that ever since. Players for Masters generally came from all over Western Australia. So Western Australia is an absolutely massive state and um, we had players who drove for up to four hours to be here, but we did also have a couple of people who flew over from interstate. So we're fortunate with our events um, that we do have players who are prepared to travel, so they'll either drive up...
5: Perth being essentially the most isolated capital city in the Western world... Um, does mean there's a fair bit of travel involved for anyone coming. Most of our players in the Perth metropolitan area will travel somewhere between 20 minutes and 40 minutes to get to us, no matter which venue we pick. Um, the new venue has been really fortunate for us. It's been basically central. It's really well air-conditioned, well-lit, and it's um it's a nice big size for us to run 100-player events in without it costing the earth. So the new venue's been working out really well. We've had that now for um, only the last sort of four or five months, Um, But the relationship with the owners for that has been really good, so we'll hopefully continue that uh, long into 2020 and beyond.
11: So that's what we're really trying to do. We really are trying to work to put WA Gamers on the gaming map.
5: Thank you
1: so much, Mike and Emma. As an aficionado of uh, Warhammer tournaments in isolated or remote places, it doesn't get much more remote than Perth, Australia. Check it out on a map I lost my mind when they first started running events a long time ago. Um, and uh, if you are interested in learning more about the stuff that they do, these guys are literally Warhammer heroes. Their names are on a plaque in Nottingham. Um, and there's good reason for it. Check out Objective Secured. They have a podcast and a YouTube channel, I believe, and a really good website. So check them out
3: now, for the Western Australian Masters, this would come down to a single matchup in round six. You got it. Six rounds.
1: These Take guys, a look. They do it all. They do it all.
3: They do it all. It's they perfect. like they they persevere. Um, But in that matchup, Jordan, the fairest Beresford, would take his Raven guard up against Thomas, that white knight white with his Eldar Flyers and Windriders for who would be declared the master of the West. In what should come as a shock to absolutely no one, the Marine player would take the win and the title, dropping the doubting Thomas 16 to four in the final round and securing a spot in the national Masters final we think probably well we were unable to secure much from the rest of the participants in the event we did get to speak with Jordan so let's take a quick gander at his list and let him do the talking so folks um, if you do check things out on best coast pairings this is one of those off times where you will have to go somewhere else head on over to down under pairings and you should be able to take a gander at what was brought to the event I'm actually heading there now myself um, I'll let you know that the list is kind of your standard uh, Raven Guard fare. He's got some Assault Centurions in there. He's got some Snipers. Um, he went with the Successor Chapter, Stealthy, and Long Range Marksman. But you know what? I think Jordan does a better job of it than I do. So how about we just cut to his clips?
12: So the list is a Raven Guard Successor Battalion with uh, Long Range marksmen and Stealthy. Uh, it includes a chapter master and a lieutenant with a jump pack, uh, three scout squads to make the battalion, uh, two squads of assault centurions, uh, one squad of Devastator Centurions with grav, uh, and then there's also an Imperial Fist spearhead, which is a captain, uh, three thunderfires and three whirlwinds, which is like an artillery detachment. Um, the cool thing about this is it allows you to deep strike the centurions because you are a ravenguard. Um, and it works really well because the Artillery uh, is super good at killing screens like uh, Cultists and uh, Infiltrators, Guardsmen, all that sort of stuff. So you, you can pretty much clear a lot of your opponent's screening abilities uh, to stop the Assault Centurions dropping down. Um, and it makes them get into really good positions, makes them get good targets uh, found in almost every game. So uh, MVP's got to be the Chapter Master because uh, re are incredible, <laughs> as always. Uh, and also that unit of Grav Centurions, they uh, killed anything that looked at them funny, anything key that uh, could hurt the list, they uh, got dealt with really well. So <laughs> they got to be an MVP there. One of the major highlights, I think, was uh, when a knight came uh, charging in, uh, then it only wounded on fours uh, against a unit of uh, Centurions and then they uh they turned around and did about a thirty nine thirty six damage to it um so that <laughs> really saved uh a lot of them there um poor rolls and then uh for only winning on fours is great the uh top table match was versus uh an elder list and of course uh my list doesn't have a any way to deny psychic powers so uh Jinx, Sky, Doom, all the uh, the Eldar shenanigans were really uh, paying off. Made it quite a close game. Um, that one, the win was kind of secured by Kills um, and some good Eternal War scoring um, from both of us, um, but managed to cinch it out there at the end. Um, it didn't look quite as close uh, on the actual scoreboard, but that game was neck and neck throughout the entire thing until almost the, uh, the final game there. <laughs> and uh, i got a shout out... Uh, Mike over at um, Objective Secured uh, for bringing all the community together, uh, hosting some great tournaments. Uh, Cheers, mate.
1: Great job, Jordan. Now get that crap paint score up so you can claim best overall next time and take the real crown. And what are you doing letting a Harlequin player, of all things, school you so hard, which, by the way, is kind of absurd. Uh, Now, Pete, you wanted to shout this list out a little bit, right?
3: No. No.
1: Okay, he doesn't want to do it. Every single model was named or something, and it was painted beautifully, and they went five and one with Harlequins?
3: No, it's it's absolutely spectacular. If it wasn't for the fact that, uh, that every unit, um, and in the case of characters, uh, the models have names— I would be uh, extraordinarily impressed Now I'm just a little weirded out but I'm okay
5: with being that weirded out
1: well so. why don't we why don't we kick it back to Mike and he can uh, talk a little bit about the best overall winner
5: in first place we actually had a Harlequin Army win the event with five wins and one loss however his painting score and um, sportsmanship score just made let him edge out the um, Imperial fist. Raven Guard combo, as well as a, a second place getter who was running Iron Hands. So Andrew's army was almost pure Harlequins, except he did choose to run the Incarn as one of the HQ choices within the detachment. However, he did leave them as Harlequin troops. So he still got all the Harlequin benefits and used the uh, Incarn quite um, aggressively and reactionarily, um, which seemed to work really well for him. He did only drop one game, which was to uh, an Astro Militarum artillery battery. Uh, you can listen to, we've done an episode recorded. Uh, which will be released on the 4th of December from Objective Secured on our website that you can go and check out with an interview with both our first overall and first generalship players talking about their lists and their experiences at the tournament.
1: Thanks again, Mike, and what a plug for your own show there, so go check it out. If you haven't got enough of the Western Australia Masters yet, Objective Secured, folks, for the in-depth interview, let's hit a bump.
9: Tournament News. Hola, soy Andre de La Voz de Horus, y estás escuchando 40K Stat Center.
1: Before we spin around flailing our arms for a couple of quick hits, we need to pause and give a little special love and affection to our favorite fetish, Warhammer 40K GTs in unusual places. And sure, perhaps a former colony with a deep British tradition like Hong Kong may not seem that out of the ordinary as a place to host a 40K tournament. But, uh, well, turn on the news. Like, just go turn on any channel. We'll wait. Heck, just pop that into Google and see what comes up. Unless you're actually over there. In which case, I'd avoid the G word and the whole Ong-Hey, Ong-K situation, if at all possible. Frankly, I'm nervous to throw this over to Pete because I'm not sure how he possibly gets through a paragraph without blowing all of our social credit.
3: Oh, relax, Val. What's the worst that can happen? It's not like I'm the GM of a sports team or the publisher of one of the most important eSports titles on the planet. There's no way I'm going to screw this one up. Okay. So what Val here is trying to say is that the FA Cup that took place with 30 players in a kick-ass store in Hong Kong was perhaps a little more impressive than your average 30-player GT taking place essentially anywhere else. Like the other GTs starting to spring up in Asia, it was another step forward for a growing 40k scene, and from what we can tell, a mighty fine time.
10: The FA Cup is an annual 40k tournament in Hong Kong. FA stands for the name of our hobby store, Fanatilia. We have been promoting the wargaming hobby in Hong Kong for more than 10 years. We would like to give a big shout out to those who showed up in the event. Due to the recent civil unrest in Hong Kong, it's not easy to attend the event in this period of time, especially those who travel from China just to play in the tournament. We have 40 players signed up for this event, and we are pleased for having 30 players show up in the event. The FA Cup is a 5 games tournament that's being held in our store over the weekend. This is the first year we use Chess Clock and ITC Champions Missions. Both work very well, and our players really liked it. Speaking of terrains, we have 20 identical tables that has the similar terrain layer as Nova, with two big L-shaped terrain in the center of the table and a couple ruins. So what does the Hong Kong meta look like? Well, to find
1: out, why don't we have a peek at what the winner was a rockin' Pete? Who won this again? Brindley Uten Bogart. Yes, of course. Old Brindley Uten Bogart. rocking Raven Guard. Yep. Well, you want to read his list or not? Nah?
3: Well, you know what? I'll do my best, but only this once Okay. and all those other times.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: And probably the times in the future.
1: Look, I take you I take you for granted. I mean, this has been clear to the audience for a long time.
3: Oh, I don't know if you take me for granted for granted. I mean, you have never posted all the weird things I say in between takes. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, Brindley was running a, and I won't uh, do the brief summary because it is a little bit, a little bit different than your normal, uh, Raven guard pizzazz. He was running a Raven guard successor with master artisans and whirlwind of rage going for those exploding sixes. I believe is what that one is. He's got a captain with a jump pack. He's got a chaplain with that jump pack and a power fist rather than, uh, the crozius he had a, a 9 man squad of intercessors, a couple of scout squads, and then in his elite slots he was running 20 vanguard vets with a mix of power fists and storm shields and chainswords and uh, storm shields.
1: Vanguard uh, vets with equipment.
3: Yes, Bold. yes. Uh, I mean we've I've seen people testing out like chainsword uh, uh, storm shield with a few thunder hammers. This one he's cheaping out a little bit taking the power fists instead, still pretty deadly. Um, In his heavy support slot, he had a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with double-twin Laz, a Mortis Dreadnought with double-twin Laz, Thunderfire Cannon. Um, Then he had a 2nd Battalion with the Captain and Phobos armor, which can be pretty spicy with Raven Guard since you can give them Corvidari bolts, so they shoot through walls for flat 3 damage. Um, And a Librarian on a bike, and then he had another 10-man Intercessor squad. Two more uh, five-man scout squads with sniper rifles,
1: and then a squad of eliminators. Well, all right, there's, there's a nice little stew brewing there.
3: Yeah, I mean, none of those scary centurions, which um, you know probably work a little better than the Vanguard vets, but you know what? Like sometimes uh, variety is the spice of life.
1: You go, you go to war with the army you have, not the army you wish you had.
3: Yeah, I like that one. That's better than what I said.
1: Well, let's head it over to Udenbogart for a, uh, a rundown of his event.
13: Hi, this is Brindley from Cape Town, South Africa, uh, currently in Beijing, uh, China, uh, having just played in Hong Kong, the ITC there, um, and placing with the Raven God, Uh, Here to tell you a little bit about um, that tournament and uh, give you some thoughts on that. So in terms of approach and uh, the list itself um i tend to take uh, synergized lists um I, I don't i don't really like taking lists with one key unit or one linchpin uh play style uh i tend, i'm a, I'm a blood angels player at heart old time blood angels player for the last 20 years uh and all the lists i design i try to make uh everything kind of work together each each unit doing a little bit uh, contributing towards the whole. Um, there's nothing worse for me than than getting into a situation where you have a key or linchpin unit taken out and then your combo is gone and the majority of, of the power of your list is gone. Uh, for me, I can take a lot of hits on various units without losing overall effectiveness because of that synergy. The drawback to that style, I think, is that um, you know you you don't you have to outplay your opponent, um, and you have to capitalize on mistakes, and uh, you have to know your game, uh, because you can be bullied. You can be bullied by by key and uber units, or uber combinations that you kind of have to work around. Um, but it's a, it's a fun play style. As far as choosing one mvp it's a little bit tough because of the uh uh the synergistic style that i was talking about you know the vanguards when they hit something with those chaplain rerolls is just devastating and with whirlwind of rage because as i said blood angel played at heart so i wanted something to emulate the blood angel style um, and so when those chaplain, well, when the vanguard's hitting with the chaplain support and five power fists, it's great. It's fantastic. Um, but, um, yeah, so they did, they did reasonably well, but a lot of time they were getting shot off the board, but not quickly, thanks to, you know, two plus save and cover three plus plus from the, the shields and then pop transhuman on that. And you've got a unit that's sticking around for quite a long time, especially with 10 models. Um, those guys aside, I'd ha- probably have to say the Contemptor dreadnoughts. Um they work horses, man. they they contribute, they they're not doing massive amounts of damage, but they're contributing each time. Uh, yeah, that that at least took the teeth out there. There was another really big turning point in the game, uh, which I feel a little bit bad about, I will admit. Uh, it, was, it was a little bit gamey of me, or incredibly gamey of me, um, but basically came when he forgot to fire a unit of destroyers that he had ported to the other side with veil. Vale. Um, he would have taken out my backline, my chaplain, uh, maybe the thunderfire as well. Um, but unfortunately, moved moved to the end of the turn, changed the clock, and uh, after me confirming... Um, Yeah, after changing the clock and me confirming prior to the uh, changing the clock, um, he then he then uh, remembered after I started moving my units. Um, Unfortunately, I I I didn't let him go back. in his defense, he he didn't let it bug him. He was totally chilled. He's like, no, my bad, and, and moved on. Um, you know, wasn't salty about it, was disappointed, but not not at all salty, and it didn't affect his gameplay, and didn't affect uh, his personality at all. So, uh, props to that guy, man. Great, great player, Dino Ning from uh, from Hong Kong. On the whole, On the whole, it was great to see uh, a wide variety of players. The top tables weren't being dominated by Marines exclusively. Uh, There was actually a really broad variety of lists. We had AdMech at the top, we had two Eldar lists, we had two Necron lists, we had a Tau list at one stage, um so it was really really nice and varied of course we did have uh last year's or sorry not last year's but last itc's uh second place uh ultramarine player there he was battling in the top tables right until the end as well um yeah, so a good, strong tournament. You know, Hong Kong's got a scene that's been going for at least 10 years, so they're quite competitive and practiced. Whereas China, uh, the, the mainland is kind of just now starting to develop their their competitive side. They've been They've had 40k for a while, they've been playing 40k for a while, a lot of casual uh, local gamers. but now you know it's the, the ITC is kind of picking up steam here. And hopefully that uh, steam will continue through to uh, the next tournament we have in Guangzhou um, coming up in in, uh, February, March, end of February, start of March. Um, Yeah, it'll be the 4th or 5th ITC in China, which is going to be super exciting. Um, Yeah. So I uh, hope that's been enjoyable and at least a little bit insightful in some degrees. Just wanted to send a shout out to, uh, my team grew in Cape town. Uh, they're huge fans of the show and they're constantly listening. So shout out there. Yeah. Uh, 40 K is happening all over the world in Cape town, South Africa as well. So yeah, enjoy. Thanks for listening.
3: Congrats on a great event in GT and absolutely nothing else because we're cowards.
12: Tournament news. Hi, I'm Stephen Box from Vanguard Tactics, and you're listening to the one and only 40K Stats Center.
1: Still the best flair in any bumper that we have. Thank you, Stephen Box. Finally, we look to improvise a quick roundup. The Kent Winter Tournament in Kent, UK, drew around 30 folks to throw bones and demonstrate that they clearly have no idea what winter means. It was one by one Darren Cooper... And he took it with, what did he have, Pete?
3: Uh, It was like 90 Plague Bearers, um, some Thousand Suns stuff, uh, Corn Lumberjack. That's about it.
1: That's about it. And congrats to you, Darren, because you are the non-Space Marine GT winner of the week.
3: Ah, yes. You join the vaunted halls of such people as almost no one else. And finally we leave off in Fresno, California, a place you've probably never heard of other than when we called it out earlier for being a desolate wasteland. Friend of the HEF, and the reason Kill Tanks had their points raised in the first chapter approved, you son of a bitch, Andrew Helland was the winner of the of that smackdown and he had this to say.
14: I'm Andrew Helland, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. As far as special approaches go, it's really just kind of positioning to give the um the leviathan the most amount of value because he's slow and has short range while also protecting the characters because there's quite a few and they're very important and pretty easy to take out um thankfully i only lost a couple the whole weekend when they went out to score me bonus objectives stuff like that the mvp for the weekend was without a doubt the leviathan dreadnought um i had multiple opponents try and put everything they could into him um and they, Miguel, my round one opponent, was able to bring him down, but um, my round three opponent, Paul Bowman, just uh, left him on one wound, was able to heal him back up, and he was able to take out two of the Flyers on my turn one. So he tanks so much, and the amount of damage he puts out is just insane. Uh, he's really slow, but um, the 20 shots with the exploding sixes Warlord traits and then putting uh, Mercy's Weakness on him for every six to wound, counting his two wounds... His lowest hit rate was 19 hits the entire weekend, with an average of 23, 24 hits. He's uh, he's a boss. My favorite match was uh, definitely against um, William and his uh, beautifully painted Tau army. Um, we got Search and Destroy. Uh, he got to go first in the... Um, mission Force a so full deploy for each army, which is uh, exactly what I wanted. I just put my Leviathan on the line and put the rest of my auto cannons super far back, so he had to engage, and he just doesn't have the firepower to take out the Leviathan, unfortunately. So I was able to pick apart his army as it came forward, and uh, it was getting to the point where it was going to be like a seventeen fifteen type game in my favor, and we both knew it. So he over, he had to overcommit. No, it was Riptide, to 3-up Invols, and then he failed 15 out of 18 3-up Invols on my turn against Leviathan, and uh, his Riptide just went down. And that's uh, it's a good summary of how our game went. Unfortunately, as far as the top table goes, I was playing against my, uh, my competitive practice partner, Keith, and his nids. We drove up together, and um, once we rolled up Dawn of War, uh, we both knew pretty much exactly how the game was going to go. I don't reliably have enough screening to keep him out of my lines. And he has nothing to do to avoid my range and how much firepower I can put out. So, unfortunately for Keith, even with the plus one, I was able to to get first turn. And I killed about a thousand points of his army. And then on his turn one, he still had a unit of Gaunts um, that I hadn't Tremor Shield. And then he failed Onslaught so he couldn't even charge them after their super advance. And uh, it was a feels bad, man, but uh, it was so good to face my buddy on the top table.
1: Thank you very much, Andrew. Congratulations, of course, winning that tournament in Fresno. And from what the internet tells me, hope you got home safe, bud. Okay, how about a final bump?
0: Tournament news. I'm Lawrence
3: Baker, and this is the B-Bone from Tabletop Tactics. You're
1: listening to 40K Stat Center. This is the B-Bone from Tabletop Tactics. I love it. He's a good man.
3: He is one of the greatest, and while he may or may not listen to this show, I hope he knows that I love him very deeply.
1: I'll tell you what, I'll clip that and I will send it to him. Um, Aw, thanks, Val. You know, I like to wake him up, you know, with weird messages. Um, anyway just just as you do me yeah you know it's weird in 40k like a lot of times like i'll be chatting with someone on the old facebook and i'll be like night and then immediately start talking to them in the morning it's a bit creepy
3: yeah but you know what we are a close-knit community when we want to be
1: it's a bit it's a bit tight it's a bit tight
3: just a bit tight
1: so before we uh, wrap this one up, put a ribbon on it, just wanted to shout out a uh, a, a local entrepreneur, uh, the proprietor Cody Brown of the Hooded Goblin uh, store in Georgetown, and they're moving into a cool new sort of cafe concept with a bar and a kitchen. Ran a little RTT last Sunday. Ol' Heff went out with uh, Space Marines and a cheat sheet and played my first three games ever with raven guard space marines and went two wins and a draw
3: nice buddy good for you
1: not too bad I of that speaks more to um the situation with space marines less I about mean, me
3: maybe a little uh, did you run those raptors that you bought the really awesome painted ones or, or your old school stuff
1: no like awesome painted raptors almost all primaris actually actually all yeah,
3: yeah. those were beautiful models
1: yeah no i mean i'm really lucky to have gotten them um uh so yeah it was uh, it was a lot of fun and also Cody Brown announced today member of Team Canada. He's an ETC player. Yes.
3: Now. He's uh one of their non-player uh coaches.
1: There you go. So way to go Cody.
3: Yeah, good job for you Cody. Excellent. Always good to see a good guy have good things happen to them.
1: Yeah, except for you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'll give a quick shout-out to all my new patrons over at 40kstats.com. Thanks, guys, so much for your support. Um, that's all I want to say. You guys are awesome. It's It, it helps me a lot, and uh, yeah, keep on trucking. I'll get the site updated here sometime in the next 48 hours for all you beautiful people to uh, tag me incorrectly on uh, Comp40K posts.
1: Right, and you know, Pete, um, we talked about some Warhammer heroes today. And, we uh, did. You're one of mine. Aw, Val, you're one of mine. That doesn't make any sense. I am a
0: useless human.
1: Anywho, uh, got anything else you wanted to say?
14: Bye bye.
0: This has been 40K Stats Center, a presentation of the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. Like what we do? Subscribe to and rate us on YouTube and wherever podcasts can be found. Join the conversation. Follow 40K Stats Center on Facebook. You can also support the show directly by joining the Chapter Tactics Patreon and Competitive 40K in general via the ITC Patreon or by grabbing a subscription to BCP.